Hi guys, welcome to the second episode in season four, how to make real food convenient. Today's episode is gonna focus on that secret weapon that you really wanna use to its full potential if you wanna have real food available conveniently at any given time. We're gonna talk about the freezer. We're going to break down how you can choose if you want it to be an upright or a freezer chest, how you can organize it, tips for remembering what's inside, and I'm even gonna share some of my favorite recipes that revolve around real food in the freezer. I'm Michelle Visser, author of Sweet Maple and creator of the blog and YouTube channel Solely Rested, because sometimes the only rest you can find is in your soul. Welcome back to the Simple Doesn't Mean Easy podcast, where we talk about how to simplify our lives in the midst of modern day life, one step at a time. Let's do this together. Okay. I'm excited about this episode, but before we actually dive in, I want to make sure I tell you about this episode's sponsor, which is True Leaf Market. Please take a second to go to solelyrested.com slash seeds, where you will find an amazing offer, the coupon code and the link that you need to use. They are giving my listeners $10 off any $50 purchase. The really crazy thing is... This is off of anything that they have for sale. Right now, of course, seeds is something high on everybody's mind if you're a gardener and you can use this code on all of their seeds. I have had nothing but fantastic results with any seeds I have purchased from True Leaf Market. In fact, they are my only go-to place because I have been so pleased with the germination rate, with the quality, and with their amazing shipping rates. If you order it today, you will most likely have it on your doorstep within two days. So check them out. Go to solelyrested.com seeds and take advantage of that offer. But as I was hinting at, look around their site. They have some great things that I use all the time. They have smart lids for storage buckets, which is so good when you're trying to store bulk food. They have stainless steel lids that I love for my mason jars. In fact, I think I'm going to get myself some more of those this week. And they have fermenting supplies, lots of great stuff. Oh, and sprouting seeds. I love their sprouting seeds, their sprout garden, and all of their other supplies for sprouting. So go check them out, solelyrested.com slash seeds. Okay, freezer. Let's start off with Maybe you're in the market for a freezer and you don't know which kind to buy because you know there are the two basic kinds. There's the upright that looks basically like your refrigerator does. And then there's the chest one, which is going to be the one that takes up a lot more floor space um, and you have to lift the lid up to get down into the contents instead of I say lid, (laughs) the door, instead of pulling the door towards you like a typical refrigerator opens. Okay, so there's the upright and the chest. Why would you choose one over the other? Honestly, the chest has a whole lot of benefits that I don't even know if people know, 
But of course, there's the very practical problem for a lot of people that it does take up a lot more floor space. We are very blessed that in our barn, we have a large area that we can line up. We actually have two freezer chests lined up side by side in our barn. And dare I tell you, we even have an upright freezer beside the two freezer chests. Mind you, we do raise our own pigs and we keep a lot of meat for our family and ourselves, a family, you know, extended family. And um, we do sometimes even need some space to store portions of pigs for our customers when it's butchering season and they're picking up different things. So we do need a lot of freezer space and we have a lot of freezer space, but um, I digress. <laughs> the chest, the, the advantages, if you have the floor space, the reason there are a lot of advantages to the chest is first of all, it's much more cost effective to use requiring a lot less energy. In addition, if you do have a power outage, your chest is going to stay much colder for much longer than an upright. It's also less expensive to buy, probably because, you know, it's not as popular. People don't have the room for it. So it's going to have a smaller upfront price tag as well. The other thing I love about freezer chests is you can store really large items in there. If I have, like I had big pig jowls that I had stored in there for many months, I get big giant bags of pork fat from the butcher every year when it's butchering season. And I can fit all those in my freezer chest without a problem because you're not limited to the shelving area, you know, with only so much height. Granted, some upright freezers, you can take shelves out or move them around, but it kind of is kind of a pain and it still limits you. There's still a maximum amount that you can have of an area between your shelves. But with the freezer chest, you can fill up that whole space with as big of things as possible to fit in there. Um, now, it, another negative, in addition to the floor space, a lot of people hate that it's kind of hard to get stuff out. It's almost like you feel like you're like diving down in there and your feet are swinging up in the air as you're trying to get to the bottom, which that's an exaggeration, but... It, it can be complicated because you do have a couple layers of food in this big open rectangular space, right? We have found that milk crates make it so much easier to keep that organized. We will put milk crates across the bottom. We will keep them organized with different cuts of meat or different things in each of them. And then we'll put a second row of milk crates on top of that. So you do still, when you want to get to the stuff on the bottom, of course, you're going to have to lift the ones on the top off, but keeping things organized that way makes it a whole lot easier to find what you're looking for. So if you have the available floor space for it, and if you're willing for it to be not quite as convenient, I highly recommend a freezer chest for all those other reasons that I said. Now it would be smart to have a, well, I mean, this is what we do. I actually diagram the freezer chest. I'll do this every fall when it's time for new pork meat to be coming in. 
and I'll you know, take everything out, itemize what I have left from last year. And then when the new stuff comes in, I'll have this diagram. I also will take all of our older items at that point. So this is something I'm only doing once a year and I will consolidate all of them and put them in one freezer. Then any new meat coming in will go immediately to a separate freezer. And that helps me make sure that we always use the older cuts before diving into the newer cuts. And of course you could do this with any food that you have in there, not just meat. Um, but then I will diagram, I'll do a new diagram every fall once I've switched things around and I will, you know, I'll literally put like roasts and loin and chicken and bacon and I'll draw out little squares representing the section of the freezer where each of those things are. And I refer to that pretty often. Um, you can just stick it on the freezer with some magnets or even some masking tape, or you can just keep it, you know, in whatever convenient place that you'll be looking for it. You could maybe thumbtack it to the wall if it's like in your garage or something. And it's something you can refer to often. It does make it a whole lot easier to find what you're looking for, especially in those freezer chests. So now that we've figured out what type of freezer might be the best for your family, let's talk about the most obvious way that we use our freezers. Whenever possible, if you could do triple or quadruple duty on certain meals that work really well in like assembly line construction, like for me, the one meal that I almost never make just one of is lasagna because in my mind lasagna seems very much assembly line kind of thing like it has the layers and if i have my four pans all in front of me i can do the first layer on all four pans go back and do the second layer on all four pans and it's just something that's almost mindless you know it's you it's very seldom that I'll forget what layer I was on or what I was doing because like I said, it's kind of mindless, but I also don't like the process. I don't know why this has been one meal that I've just never really liked making. I, I think it's the noodles. I think I struggle with dealing with all those wet, warm noodles. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but because it's something I don't love making, if I can make four at a time, then we have it much more often than I would otherwise. And it happens to also be one of my family's favorite meals, which is not really a good combination that I don't like making it, but everybody loves eating it. So it's one that works really well for me to make four at a time, put three in the freezer, have one that night. And then for the next two or three months, I can go grab a lasagna out of the freezer and have a really, really easy meal. I also find that when I'm making these assembly line meals like this, it takes, it doesn't seem like it takes that much more time. It definitely does not take four times the effort, right? Because you're only boiling the water once, you're only getting all your ingredients together once. So it might only take probably not even twice the amount of time and you have four times as many meals. Also, on a lot of meals, lasagna is definitely one of them, I like to divide them into single servings 
with whatever leftovers we have from dinner that night. And Bill actually loves having leftovers for lunch. So if you have family members who enjoy that, take advantage of it, make your meals as large as you comfortably can, anticipating that way that you'll have leftovers. And then it could be half a week or even a week's worth of lunches that you have in the freezer that you can grab one at a time and have a really delicious warm lunch with a very little effort on any given day. It is very important, of course, to label what's inside way too many times. I'm like looking at a container and I'm like, I have no idea what this is. And I'll open it and I'll even smell it sometimes. And you're like, what the heck is this? Trust me, you will forget what's in those containers. So make sure you label them with what it is and put the date so you're not hesitating six months or a year down the road. Hmm, is this still good? Okay, so what else is in my freezer? Oh, I wanted to give you a few tips. Um, There's some things that I love to buy when I find a great sale and I hesitate to buy too much of it because it can easily get bugs and lead to problems unless you freeze it. Two of those things are flour and pasta. If I find a great sale, I will stock up because we use a lot of both of those. As long as I have enough room in one of the freezers that I can fit all of the flour or the pasta that I'm buying, I will leave them in there for a few days. That will kill any possibility of anything that might come to live in the flour or the pasta. And then if I don't have room in the freezer, you know, moving forward and I need to have that room for other food, you can take the flour and the pasta out, let them go back to room temperature, and they will keep for a long time because you have kind of prepared them that way, frozen them and and made them more shelf stable. On the other hand, if you have the freezer space and you don't need that area on that shelf, then by all means, leave it in there. Doesn't hurt to leave them in there until you're ready to use them. Um, what else? There are two things that I thought I would share recipes with you that I really love having in our freezer all the time. It just seems to make life so much easier. You know, if you want to have real food for a meal, um, it's, it's imperative. I feel that you have at least a couple meals that you can always have ready or always on hand, or always be able to whip it up really easily. You know those few meals that are so simple, the ingredients are so simple that you literally know the recipe by heart. That's the kind of thing you wanna have in your back pocket on a night that you're like, oh, hmm, haven't thought of dinner and it's 5.30. <laughs> like for me, breakfast dinner is one of those things for sure. Egg souffle, or pancakes, um, or even just you know scrambled eggs and some homemade biscuits that I pull out of the freezer, which is one of the recipes I want to give you. So I like making these with lard, so I'm going to break down the ingredients with lard, but I'm also gonna leave a link in the show notes for the alternative version of these freezer biscuits that don't require lard, because I do realize that's not something everybody has on hand all the time. It just makes for such a good biscuit. Um, 
This recipe also is in my book. So if you own sweet maple, you have the freezer biscuit recipe in the book without the lard version. It's the other version. <laughs> okay, so three cups of flour and a half a cup of lard. You want to cut that lard into the flour until it's really small little pieces, really nicely cut into the flour. Then you add a cup of milk and a tablespoon of maple syrup. You can add a little bit more after you mix that in really well if you feel you need a little bit more, but that tends to be the right combination for me. Three cups of flour, half a cup of lard. Once that's all mixed very well, add a cup of milk and a tablespoon of syrup. Then you want to get this all mixed up really well. Just use your hands, work with the dough, knead it some. It only takes a minute or two and it's a really nice consistency. Then you simply roll it out to, I don't know, I guess one and a half inches. I'm trying to, I'm holding, <laughs> I'm literally holding my fingers apart and looking at it, like thinking somehow, I don't know, that's helpful to you, <laughs> which of course this is audio, Michelle, that's not going to help. Um, so anyway, you roll it out and I just use, I grab a cup out of the cabinet and use the cup to cut out the biscuit shape. Of course, you might have a biscuit cutter. And then at that point, you can put that right into the freezer. That's why I call them freezer biscuits. So you just take that dough, put it in Ziploc freezer bags, line it up nice and neat and freeze them. And then you can pop them out one at a time, however many you want for any given meal, anytime. Of course, you also can put them right in the oven at that point and and bake them then. Um, oh goodness, I guess probably between 350 and 425, depending on your oven for maybe eight to 10 minutes. I probably should have looked that up, but you can play with that and, and I'm sure come up with some really great biscuits, but just the fact that they're available all the time in the freezer makes for such a nice addition to any meal to just make it that much more special, that much more yummy. But especially if you only are having eggs for dinner, those biscuits come really in handy. <laughs> and then the other thing that I love to have on hand is meatballs. I use our ground pork for this, but it's great with any ground meat. Um, I'm going to give you the ingredients for if you're just making or just using one pound of meat. But honestly, I never do just one pound. I do a minimum of five pounds whenever I'm getting out my ingredients and making the meatballs. I usually do more like eight to 10 pounds because then I have them in the freezer and it is so wonderful for six months or nine months, whenever I want a simple, easy meatball sandwich meal, or I just want to quickly um, cook up some spaghetti and it's just much more substantial if I have meatballs with the spaghetti and you know, grab some of those biscuits out of the freezer too. And it's just, it's just so nice to have a real meal so easy. So if you have a pound of ground meat, you want about four to six cloves of minced garlic, half a cup of breadcrumbs, an egg, a few tablespoons of, I use nutritional yeast, but Parmesan cheese is the same idea. Um, a quarter teaspoon of garlic salt, quarter teaspoon of regular salt, 
and a quarter teaspoon of pepper and a half a teaspoon of red pepper flakes. Now that half a teaspoon is conservative. I really prefer more red pepper, but Bill really does not like his meatballs even slightly hot to the taste. So I do usually keep the red pepper pretty minimal. Um, half a teaspoon of basil, half a teaspoon of oregano, and that's for um, dried herbs, by the way. If you're using fresh, you'll want to have a little more than that. Okay. Um, then I just get some bacon grease hot in the cast iron skillet and I brown all sides of the meatballs. It's surprisingly quick, usually a matter of a few minutes and all the meatballs in my big past cast iron pan have been turned around and are brown on all sides. At that point, you can cook them if you want them for dinner that night or what I will do is line them up on cookie trays. By the way, it has to be cookie trays that have the sides. I guess they're really called jelly roll pans, you know, not just the flat cookie sheets because that would not work. You will have your meatballs literally rolling out of the oven. <laughs> so get some cookie trays with sides and line up your browned meatballs and then cook them at 400 for about 15 minutes and let them cool. And then they are ready to go in freezer bags or however you want to store them in your freezer. They make an amazing meal and they're super easy to grab out of the freezer anytime you need them. Okay. Another thing that I have a lot of in our freezers is dessert because it is such an easy thing to have on hand. And, you know, we used to eat way too much of the prepared baked goods, the kind that you could buy at the grocery store in their bakery section, or like the Entenmann's donuts and cakes and pastries and the wrapped cupcakes, like the little Debbie cupcakes, all of those things were fair game. We had a lot of them. Those were like, I don't know, I, they were just something everybody loved in my family. And then I started realizing how the packaged food was so bad for us. If you haven't listened to season three, you might enjoy going back and catching up on those episodes where I talk a lot about why the prepared food is so bad and why it's important to, um, whenever you can, add more real food and less prepared food. So for desserts, the th one thing that I always have a good bit in the freezer is some form of cake, whether it's cupcakes, which freeze really well, or like a whole cake, or maybe I'll make a whole cake, we'll eat a quarter of it or a half of it, and then I'll put what's left in the freezer. Now, a great way that I have found to store cake is to use a container and turn it upside down. The lid of the container then becomes the plate for the cake. So it's kind of like a cake pan, right? But it's smaller, whatever size it needs to be for whatever amount of cake you're putting in the freezer. And then when I go to serve it, I will usually use these for Bill's lunch because he has a sweet tooth and he really likes to always have some kind of dessert with his lunch. So you can pull the container out of the freezer, slice one piece, and then do the same thing for that single serving. Find a container that's the right size, use the lid for the plate of the piece of cake, put the container over top of that like a dome over it 
and you have cake perfect to take for lunch. Pie also freezes very well. I even will sometimes freeze a whole pie and you can literally take it right out of the freezer, pop it in the oven, usually for about twice as long as if you were cooking it fresh. And you can have a warm pie out of the oven that takes, tastes like you just spent two hours making it, but you just pulled it out of your freezer. Of course, brownies freeze really well and cookies freeze really well. When the girls were younger, I liked to freeze the cookie dough. I like to make a double batch whenever I was making any cookies and half of it I would take and form into a roll, wrap it up in saran wrap or put it in a freezer bag. And then whenever the girls just wanted a fun time in the kitchen, making some cookies, which was always a big treat. I mean, that's something we always really love doing together. You could pull out that roll of frozen cookie dough and I would do the slicing when they were young, but you can just get a knife and slice it the exact right thickness, line them up on cookie trays, and in eight minutes, you have amazingly warm, fresh, homemade cookies coming out of the oven. But now I really prefer to freeze them as cookies because it's just so much easier when you want to go grab the dessert. They're all ready. You can pull the frozen cookie out of the freezer and just set it on a plate for maybe 10 minutes and you're good to go. And it's just, that's just my preferred way now, but anyway, will work because you can, it freezes very well as dough or as cookies. Totally random side note, by the way, if you're making any baked good, but especially like brownies, it's really easy to add nutritional value by substituting a scoop of protein powder in place of a third a cup of flour. So whether it's brownies or cakes or cookies or even like pancakes or waffles, you can do this if you have protein powder on hand. In fact, I will make myself a note. I will link to my favorite protein powder that's great for this in the show notes. Okay, but that was totally random side note. Another favorite thing that I always have in the freezer is freezer pops. You know that if you were like me as a kid, the kind of um, Tupperware freezer pop containers that your mom had, oh my gosh, they made me so happy. We only used them in the summer, but every summer it was like this big excitement getting those out. I have one similar to that. They're not Tupperware, but you can find all different varieties of freezer pop molds. And the one I have, I really like it because they sit on a tray, you know, and they stand up right on that tray. And if it's just right in a shelf, in my freezer, in our kitchen, and that way it's really easy to fill those molds whenever I have leftover smoothie or protein shakes. I got so frustrated for years that I would have not quite the right amount. You know, I'm drinking it and enjoying it, but then I have this little bit of leftover and I don't want to waste it. And it's a pain. You put it in the fridge and it's not the same consistency when you go to drink it 10 hours later. And then it dawned on me one day, why not make pops out of this? And it's so good. It's a handy dessert to grab out of the freezer that's actually healthy. And it's a great way to not waste any of those smoothies or those shakes. Also, I don't buy ice cream anymore. 
once in a while, a family member will grab a special favorite when they're at the store, but I haven't bought ice cream since I don't know when because it is so much tastier, much more delicious, and much more nutritious to make it yourself. In fact, I'll tell you, it's so easy. I'll tell you right now. You do need to have an ice cream maker. Um, I'll link to my favorite one in the show notes. Been using it for years and love it. It takes less than 20 minutes from start to finish to have the most delicious ice cream anytime that you want it. You need a half a cup of maple syrup. This is for my maple ice cream. This is my go-to that I make all the time. Half a cup of maple syrup. Um, You could use sugar if you don't have maple syrup. Of course, it wouldn't be maple flavored ice cream, but it would still be really good. You would need a little bit more, so about three quarters cup of sugar if you're not using the half cup maple syrup. A cup of heavy whipping cream, two and a quarter cups of milk, and then a few teaspoons of a flavor extract. I will use a maple one for my maple ice cream. Vanilla extract, of course, would be very delicious as well. And you just whisk it together, put it in the frozen bowl in your ice cream maker, and turn it on. It's delicious. So, so good. I will tell you that it does not freeze as well as store-bought ice cream. You know, it doesn't have that smooth, soft texture as you run your spoon across it once it's been in the freezer. I don't know why, actually. It still tastes just as good, but eating it fresh right out of the ice cream maker, oh my word, the texture, the consistency, the taste, so, so good. Um, but I always have some of that in the freezer always. So I think I spent a lot of time talking about dessert today. I I wonder what percentage of our freezer is desserts now that I think about it. Um, I guess it's important to me to have, you know, more healthy homemade options available for desserts. I don't know. Okay, before I wrap this up with a few more tips I want to leave you with about freezer storage, I want to remind you that the last episode, by the way, if you didn't catch it, go back and listen to it. It was the premiere episode of this season, and I was walking you through the most important thing that I really do think is the most important thing (laughs) you need if you want to make real food convenient in your kitchen. So go back and listen to that if you haven't already. Um, If you did, I just want to remind you to go to solelyrested.com slash pantry if you haven't done that yet. S-O-U-L-Y rested.com slash P-A-N-T-R-Y pantry. And there you can get an instant download of the seven-page pantry inventory checklist that I created for you with lots of blank spaces, lots of ways to customize it, to really make it simple for you to make sure you always have the important ingredients on hand that are going to make it possible for you to have real food and make it conveniently. So again, solelyrested.com slash pantry. Also, while I'm talking about website addresses, make sure you check out solelyrested.com slash seeds 
to take advantage of that limited time offer from True Leaf Market. It's only around a few more weeks, so don't hesitate. Take advantage of that. There's so many great seed options, fermenting options, sprouting options, lots of great stuff. Okay, those final little tips. First of all, for your freezer, it can absolutely get out of hand pretty quickly. And if you lose track of what's in there, all the time you spent making this wonderful homemade food was really wasted, right? If you lose track of things and it gets freezer burnt and you wind up feeding it to the chickens or throwing it in the trash can, that's a really, really bad thing. I don't want that to happen for you. So one thing that really helps is to condense things whenever possible, and that helps you see what's in there. I mean, if you have three different bags of frozen strawberries scattered in different areas, it just is cluttered and it's hard to know what you have. So first of all, try to only open, you know, one and leave the others sealed and all together. But if you find that you have a few different things open that are the same items like that, definitely condense them to get rid of that extra packaging and to keep things more streamlined and boxes for sure. If you have things in boxes, get rid of those boxes whenever you can, again, to help you have more space and to see what's in there better. Also, sections are so important. It doesn't matter if you have a chest freezer or an upright freezer. Sections are so, so important. If you open that door and you know exactly where to look for whatever it is you need, you know the right area to look, it's gonna make your life so much easier. I like to literally label my sections because you know I always think when I'm organizing it, oh, I'm gonna remember that all of the ice cream is here and the bacon is here, but I don't remember. You know, you think you will, but you don't. So I will get masking tape and a Sharpie and I will stick that on the side walls in those sections, or sometimes I'll even like wrap it around the um, shelving. So it's kind of hanging off like a, how do I want to explain it? Like a, a tab kind of, <laughs> and I'll label the different sections. You know, it's going to look different for everybody because all of us have different priorities and different, I don't know, things we want to, I mean, you might want to just say this section is dessert if you're not crazy like me and you don't have a pie and cakes and brownies and cookies, <laughs> you know, you just have a small amount of dessert, then you can just label it dessert. But if you have a lot of different cakes at any given time, you might want to have a section that just says cakes, right? Also, I already told you, make sure you label and date everything. Like you're going to forget what it is and when you put it in there, unless you label it. It also helps me to keep a list nearby, not only that diagram that I told you about for my freezer chest, but for all of my freezers, I like to have a list hanging on it or nearby that tells me what's in there. It can just be a very simple chart. You know, the item is the first column, the date that you put it there is the second column, and maybe the third column, it tells you how many you have. Maybe it's lasagnas and you have three. And when you take one out, it's really important to cross that number off and write two now, right? So you know how many are in there at all times. So have a list and use it. It seems kind of a pain at the in the moment, but in the long run, 
it saves you so much time and so much wasted food if you have this list and you use it. And also in our kitchen, I don't have a list, I have a chalkboard. It's a painted area with chalk paint on the side of one of our long pantry cabinets. And I use it in two ways. I use it to keep track of what's in the fridge. I also use it to keep track of what I'm planning on having for meals, dinners, and lunches in the upcoming week. So I like the chalkboard because it's just really easy to see and quick for me to use, but it doesn't matter how you do it. Just keep a list. You'll be glad you did. So I think that's everything I wanted to go over. Um, Maybe I'm going to go dig through a freezer and look for a frozen brownie now <laughs> with a dog glass of milk. Anyway, I hope that was helpful. And um, feel free, reach out to me on Instagram. Let me know your own special tips and tricks. Let me know what you're hoping to see in this season and, and um, let me know your thoughts. If you have a second, please leave a review on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to go to solelyrest.com slash pantry and download that really important checklist to help you keep organized and really make this whole real food idea more convenient for yourself. And as always, check out solelyrest.com slash coupons. I forget to mention that every episode because there are special offers there that are limited time. That's where I place any special that I have that I don't always have time to mention everywhere. So check that out whenever you get a chance. Solelyrested.com slash coupons for the current offers that I know you guys will love. And that's it for today. Remember, it is easy to forget how blessed we are to live this life, guys. So make sure you enjoy the simple, everyday efforts even when it comes to real food enjoy the efforts we're going to make them as convenient as we can but also work on enjoying it i know it's not always easy but this is definitely a really good life catch you next week